You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, gosh, my AR accounts receivable is growing. It's getting bigger and bigger and I don't know what to do. It's getting out of control. Well, if that's your case or if that's ever happened to you, today we're going to give you some simple solutions to make it healthy. Today I bring on a regular guest of ours, Dana Johnson. She was the Dentrix Trainer of the Year last year, and she describes why AR is a team sport, and it is great. So you have to listen to this. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Are you struggling to figure out how things are working financially in your practice? And are you thinking, gosh, we should be making more money here? And then you look at your receivables and you're like, oh my gosh, my receivables are out of control. What do I do? Well, if you're thinking that, today we're going to offer some solutions. And I have one of the best speakers on that anywhere. Her name is Dana Johnson. And we're going to be talking about how AR, accounts receivable, is a team sport. Dana, thank you so much for being on. I always appreciate you. Kirk, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be back. Yeah. Now, I've just learned something about you before we hit the go button. You were the Dentrix Trainer of the Year last year. I was. It was such a big honor. I had worked, I've been working so hard to earn that honor because I've been a trainer for 17 years. And so I won that honor after 16 hardworking years. It was just, a, it was a big honor. And I, I just, I cried when I went up on stage and got my trophy. <laughs> That's so cool. Now, I'll just let you guys know when I can't figure out, now all the softwares are great. When I can't figure out something specifically on Dentrix, Dana's the person I email and I'm like, can you help me with this? I don't know what to think about that. So she brings a lot of knowledge and we're going to be talking about your podcast too. You've just rebranded your podcast, which I'm so excited for you because yeah, it's going to kill it in dentistry. And uh, again, before we hit the go button, you're like, uh, here's the theme that's been coming up. Dentists emailing me or reaching out to me saying, I'm not getting a paycheck. So talk about that. Can you explain the why behind this and why it's so important what we're talking about today? Yeah, thank you for letting me bring this topic. 
to your audience because it's just so important. It breaks my heart when I get phone calls from doctors. Some Within the last 30 days, uh, I've received two calls from doctors that are reaching out to me because they have not received a paycheck. And uh, it breaks my heart. And, you know, so, you know, we have to dive into exactly like what's happening. Is there system breakdown? Is are they not producing? They're not collecting what they're producing. And, you know, so we dive right into how I can help them. <clears throat> and and a lot of times it's it's systems, sometimes it's leadership. And most of the most of the time it's just the team is not on board with, you know, what to do, what how can we improve these numbers? And and then that's kind of where I jump in. Yeah. Well, so let's jump right in there too. I want you to talk about AR, you know, let's define that for our audience. And the title is awesome. Why it's a team sport. Can you break that down for us? Yeah. So when you think about accounts receivable, uh, your accounts receivable is the money that's sitting on the books. So this is, you you produce $1,000 today. And if you only collect 500, then you still have $500 of accounts receivable, still have money that's sitting on the books. And the accounts receivable could be, some of it might be coming from dental insurance companies. Some of the money might be coming from patients. And, and so there's those two buckets of, of money that needs to be collected. And the reason why I say it's a team sport is because collections is not just an admin task. It doesn't just belong at the front desk, at the checkout. Everyone on the team needs to understand what that patient's out-of-pocket is for today and you know how much do we have to collect today. And if someone at the admin team or somebody at the front desk is not available to collect that money, how do I jump in as a dental assistant or even a doctor? How do I jump in, run the credit card through the machine and collect that money that's due today? Right. And <clears throat> so one of the most important things that I teach with my dental teams and when I'm on stage speaking is your money is worth the most today. You have to collect the patient portion on the day of service. This is so critical to the profitability of the practice. Once the once your money, once your accounts receivable goes even past just 30 days past due, you've already lost about 15% of the value of that money. Wow. Once it hits 90 days, you've already lost like 40 to 45% of the value of that money. And I think a lot of doctors and a lot of team members don't really realize that, don't realize the value of the money goes down as time goes by, just because of resources used, um, salaries needed to help collect that money, and just the value of the depreciation of that money. And, And most dental teams, really don't think about profitability, that it's, you know, why should I think of profitability? I'm a dental hygienist. You know, I, I work in the back. Profitability doesn't affect me. Well, it sure does because profitability is where raises come from. It's where your bonuses come from, your new 
um, scrubs that you want to wear in the back, you know, your instruments, your team CE, all of that comes from profitability. And so uh, accounts receivable and profitability is a team sport. Everyone needs to be on board with it. Yeah, I love what you're saying. And this is so true. Talk about this. You're you're losing 40 to 45%, but that's just the tip of the iceberg once it gets to 90 because the patient relationship also goes downhill. What most dentists I find don't understand is like, oh, that's the declining value of money. Well, that's where it starts. But here's the truth. People that owe you money, they don't like you. If I haven't paid somebody on a bill that I owed 90, I am avoiding them like the plague. I don't think well of the business. I don't want to go back. And I am certainly not going to invest more money into that business that I owe that far. So it's not about just getting the cash. It's about preserving the relationship. Don't you think? Agree. Agree. A hundred percent. And, you know, so I teach my teams that I want you to be more proactive on the front end because we really have to help our patients prepare financially for that upcoming appointment. So many times I'm working side by side with a dental practice and a patient walks in and they're coming in for a crown. They've been scheduled for crown prep today and the patient walks in for their appointment and then they're checking out after their crown prep appointment and the, and the team member at the front desk is asking for you know $600 and the patient didn't even know what their out-of-pocket was going to be. And, and so you're right. Now the patient is mad because they weren't prepared ahead of time for this financial uh, out-of-pocket expense. The team member at the front desk is uncomfortable because now they have to diffuse a very uncomfortable situation. And more than likely, the patient isn't going to pay anything today. And now you have to chase and collect that money on the back end because you didn't help prepare the patient for uh, budgeting for that appointment in the first place. <clears throat> so I talk a lot about with my teams about being more proactive on the front end so you're not chasing money on the back end. And you're right, it does help preserve the relationship because you're being open, honest, and transparent with your patient about their financial out-of-pocket expense on the day of service. Yeah, I love this. Now, tell me if you agree with this. I'm kind of I'm kind of like painting you in a corner on this one. Now, if That's you're good. if you're an admin team listening to this, a team member, my heart goes out to you because I would say most of the admin team members I meet, they're not really well trained, not because they don't want to. There's not a lot of great admin training out there. I think it's one of the most neglected positions anywhere. Sometimes if you're a great admin team member, you know, you you know the struggle of trying to find great training anywhere. You go to a state meeting or anything, you're like, oh, that wasn't really great. It was just how to file insurance or something like that. And um, what most dentists do is hire somebody and they go, just go. And the team member goes, go where up front? So you're not really trained. You kind of learn on the job. And so um, I know. do you agree with that? I agree with you 100%. And another thing, even to take it a little step farther, is not only are we thrown out to the sharks, you know, to try and swim for our lives, but we also really don't understand what our primary role is in the practice. And I know everybody doesn't want to really want to talk about job descriptions. That's for a whole nother podcast. But 
job descriptions and what is my primary role in the practice is, is huge with you understanding what your tasks are. How do I master my skills at this primary role? And, and then, you know, walking in the door every day, what, what am I, what am I accomplishing today? What is, what is my end? What is my outcome that I want? As soon as, when I leave at the end of the day, what is the outcome and what do I hope to accomplish at the end of the day? You know, if I'm the financial coordinator, I would know that, you know, I basically manage accounts receivable. If I'm a continuing care coordinator, I'm a hygiene coordinator, then I'm probably managing the, the hygiene schedule. And, and that would be your primary role. So I see not only are admin team members not trained well, but they're also just a little bit confused as to what's my primary role here and what is, what, what result are you wanting out of my, my work here? <laughs> All right. Right. So <laughs> Dana, I'm going to play the role of somebody listening to this podcast <laughs> and I'm a, I'm just a 32 year old dentist. You're describing my practice. Okay. Mm-hmm. My AR is out of control. I know I haven't yeah. done a good job. Where do I start? How do I exactly. make this a team sport? Can you walk, help me out of this hole that I'm in? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you asked that question. And, and so, the, so what I said is, is I want you to be more proactive. So it really starts from the treatment planning side because treat the treatment that you are going to be scheduling for the patient is, uh, needs to be accurate and, uh, comprehensive. And so the clinical team, they treatment plan and the patient needs crown buildup and maybe a couple fillings. And someone on the team has to prepare that treatment plan. And we want to be, of course, we want to be as accurate as possible with our estimates with, if the patient has insurance, we want to be able to prepare the patient for what their out-of-pocket investment is going to be in their next visit. Now, my rule of thumb so any practices that work with me, my rule is a patient does not get scheduled for treatment without a financial arrangement. Ooh, why? Tell us why. Yeah, because what will happen is the patient will get scheduled and then, you know, they don't know what their out-of-pocket investment is. And then the day of the appointment comes, the patient still doesn't know what their out-of-pocket is. So the patient really thinks it could be $50, it could be they just don't know. So then that's when you're going to have that uncomfortable situation. So anytime you're scheduling patient for treatment, I would always want to give the patient uh, at least an estimate before they schedule, before they walk out the door. You know, I'm not a big fan of pre-estimates. I think pre-estimates really help divide the uh, doctor-patient relationship unless it's required in, in some certain situations. Um, but I really want you to prepare the patient for an estimate. So, so estimate low. If you really need to give the patient an estimate, which I'm recommending you do, estimate low. I would much rather you over collect than not collect at all. And if you need to give the patient a refund after the insurance pays their portion, then you send the patient a refund. You refund their credit card. It's super easy. It's not that hard. So preparing the patient before they schedule. Now it's a team sport because the whole team needs to be informed of what is that patient's copay for today. 
So this might happen in your morning huddle. Uh, you might make an, a, an appointment note on the appointment. So if the patient's coming in today for their crown, their out-of-pocket is $500. I would want to see a note on that appointment, uh, patient portion, $500, um, and the patient, you know, is informed, you know, they might have a signed agreement already, you know, in their scan documents. But then the whole entire team knows from that appointment that the patient has been informed about their out-of-pocket. They know that they owe $500 today. And so anyone on the team that is available to collect that $500 should know how to run the credit card. And, you know, I've taught doctors how to use the credit card machine. So uh, it's not that hard to ask the patient for their credit card, you know, put it through. If you have an integrated payment solution, it makes it even easier because it probably will post the payment to the ledger. Uh, so having those conversations in the morning huddle, okay, who are patients that have out-of-pocket expenses today? Let's talk about that. Who do we, you know, we're, when we finish treatment, who are we not going to dismiss without collecting their, their, their portion today? Because like I said, it's really important if with the profitability of the practice that you collect the patient portion on the day of service. So having those verbal and nonverbal communication tools, whether it's a note on the appointment book, or if you're using some kind of a route slip or a visit form or something as a communication tool between the front and the back, making notes on that and then talking about it in the morning huddle. Yeah. So can I ask you about this? What about past due balances? Let me say, you know, hey, Dana, I totally get it. But I bought this practice from another dentist and he was so nice and he never collected yeah. money. So I still have patients that he saw and that I'm seeing that haven't paid for 60 days. And as I look mm -hmm. at the morning huddle, gosh, I got three of them coming in today. One owes 1700 one owes, you know, 900 Another one owes 4200 What do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are all great questions. So I have a pretty systematic approach when it comes to your daily, weekly, and monthly systems when it comes to accounts receivable. So daily, what I recommend to my teams is on a daily basis, of course, you balance your day. So what did we produce? What did we collect? What did we adjust off? And we balance that every day. Insurance claims go out within 24 hours okay. of the data service. Billing statements are going out every day. So billing statements are no longer a monthly task. They go out every day. Now, of course, the patients are still on a 30-day cycle. So no, they're not getting a statement every day. But when you send statements every day, then you're catching those overdue balances a lot quicker. So if, uh, if the patient walks out the door without making their full patient portion today, they're going to get a billing statement tomorrow because they still owe you money. And so they're not having to wait 30 or 45 days even for that first statement. So that's daily. Weekly is you have a team member on your practice where their primary role is managing accounts receivable. So they have a, you have an accounts receivable report. Um, if you're a Dendrix user, you're using the collection manager. If you're using a different software, just look and see what the title of your accounts receivable report is. And then you have an insurance, some kind of an insurance claim manager report that you're looking up past due claims. 
Now, if in my in my teaching, if a claim is over 30 days past due, if it's 30 days, then I'm checking on the status of that claim. If that claim gets to 60 days past due, I'm involving the patient. And that's really hard for a lot of offices. That's right. really hard to call your patient or reach out to your patient and say, hey, you know, I've I've reached out to your insurance plan a couple times and they still haven't paid on your claim. It's now 60 days old. I need your help. And at this point now, your patient, your balance is your responsibility because your insurance company hasn't paid it. So that's at 60 days. And a lot of offices have a hard time reaching out to the patient at that point. Right. Uh, and then at 90 days, if the if the patient portion or the account is not paid up, I'm sending my first collection letter. Uh, and then at four months, if it if it hasn't been paid, I'm sending them to collection. So right. it's pretty systematic um, the way I teach you know, my practices. And a lot of offices have a really hard time um, being that stern with patients. Um, but it all rolls back to that if you collect the patient portion on the day of service, you never have to get that far anyway. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. We have to teach people how to treat us in any business, but uh, <laughs> talk about the collections piece. Cause I do get that. I, we find, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I love a, a really well-trained dental team and they're confident and they talk about it up front, but we do get people to come to us and go, I think I should just send all these people to collections. What, what's the misconception or what do most people don't understand they don't understand like collections is not like this easy thing, right? Talk about the complexity of co collections, a collections yeah. company. Yeah. I mean, it is hard because a lot of practices, my own practice that I was, that I worked in for 18 years, small town, you know, I mean, we had a town uh, population of about 6,500 and we had six dentists in our town. And, uh, you know, so if, if, if I sent an account to collection, I would see them in the grocery store. You know, it, it's sometimes it's really difficult. Uh, but with accounts receivable, it's a, a lot of times it's putting the emotions aside and because you are running a small business. And we do have to, um, you know, take things. Sometimes we have to take things to that level and send the, the patient to a collection agency. I know it's hard. and But if we did it the right way, and collect on the day of service, we wouldn't get to that point anyway. So I think starting today, starting today, if we if we just did it right the first way and collect on the day of service, then your then your collection accounts will continually go down and down and down as you start to put that process in place. Right. I love it. So if I'm listening again and I'm thinking I, this might be a problem, do you have any targets or any baseline you know, um, percentages or ratios that would help me understand if it's healthy or not healthy, because it used to be 1.5. You've, I mean, we've, yeah. we've heard the same numbers probably for 30 years. I mean, I think we have, yeah. Any, <laughs> I mean, any targets I, that you have? I do. I do have some targets. Um, you know, of course with the accounts receivable ratio, which is the total accounts receivable on the books compared to the monthly production number, I still like to see that below 1.0. Uh, so probably between 0.5 and 1.0, which means you only have about a month's worth of production on the books. Uh, 
over 90 days past due, I want to see that, you know, less than 12%, less than 10%. Okay. And, and then, you know, I think collection percentage, I, I, I still feel like 98% is probably still the gold standard. And, but like a fee for service practice might be collecting closer to hundred percent of their fees. And uh, so it really also kind of depends on how you have the accounting set up in your practice. But I think the over 90 is really critical. I really look at how much do you have on the books that's over 90. I really want to see that less than 10%. And then the ratio I think is important as well. Um, and, And then the collection percentage just is kind of a baseline as well. But having those monthly numbers meetings is so important. And that's another thing that the doctor can do to really help uh, emphasize that accounts receivable is a team sport that because you talk about it with your entire team um, at your numbers meeting, you know, what is the accounts receivable that's on the books right now? Uh, How can we how can we help? You know, how can the clinical team help? Well, they can help by identifying who is on the schedule for today that we can collect the patient portion on the day of service. That's how the clinical team can help. And then the admin team, you know, they're going to pick up the insurance aging and the overdue patient balances and, and reaching out to patients and sending those, those nasty letters and stuff. But um, you know, that's, that's why it's a team sport because everybody is involved. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And can I ask you, we look at a lot of data. You get to see a lot of really cool stuff way beyond us. But, you know, one of the things we notice is the write-off percentages climbing. Now, we don't find any practices that are not busy. And they're usually too busy because they don't even know how many insurances they participate with, with the complexity going on. And you talk to anybody in dentistry right now, the write-offs are climbing higher than 40%. How does the write-off thing, if any, show up for you and how it impacts AR? Are you seeing a direct correlation, an indirect correlation? I mean, anything you'd point out or not? I think what I see a lot happening, at least in my practices, is sometimes it gets really confusing to the to the financial coordinator what needs to be written off. Right. Because they're in network. And the insurance companies change the rules, you know, as quickly every day, often, you know. And so the insurance companies are changing the rules every day. And so our financial coordinators, sometimes it's confusing as to what do I need to write off and what I don't. And also states have different rules and regulations about uh, what you can balance bill to the patient and what you can't. So it, it's it's really hard to even know what gets written off and what doesn't. Uh, I think one of the most important things that's, that offices need to be doing is if you are in network, it, it is important that you're billing your full fee to the insurance companies so that um, they see what your full fee is for that procedure. Because if they're ever going to increase fee schedules, they're looking at your full fee. Now, if you're using fee schedules like inside your software to post so you get more accurate estimates, that's great because you can give the patient a better um, idea of what their patient portion is going to be. But then it also is important, like 
how much do you write off? If a patient has dual insurance and you collect up to your full fee, you know, you're allowed to, to, to collect that. And if the patient ends up with a credit, you really need to identify, is that a true credit? Is that a credit that the, belongs to the patient or is it a credit that maybe belongs to the practice? And I think a lot of financial coordinators are just not trained enough to understand some of the details. Yeah, you're speaking my jam. I love that you said that. I want you to go back to that because I've been doing this a long time. I am yeah. shocked by the number of people that don't bill out their full fee. Why is that happening? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. Um, you know, it, it's probably like I get a lot of a lot of people that come in and, and they get trained. This is how we've always done it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this is just easier this way. And, you know, so they really don't understand the ramifications of what it can do to the profitability of their practice. You know, so I have a practice up in Seattle that I just started working with and they were billing out fee schedule fee fees in office or in network fees on their insurance claims. And I said, stop doing that. Right. And she's like, well, that's how the office manager taught me. I go, well, that office manager isn't there anymore. So let's fix it. And she sent me an email. She's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how off our fee schedule was because we're collect- we're collecting more from insurance companies than we ever have before. So it was an eye opener. Just it's a game changer. Yeah, it's so powerful what you said. What uh, what are the misconceptions? What do people get wrong about AR yeah. more than anything? Well, I think the number one thing that they get wrong about AR is that it's only an admin task, that it only belongs at the front desk. Uh, And I think with some of the things I've talked about today, identifying that that the team, everybody can be involved with accounts receivable, you can help uh, the profitability of your own practice just by uh, not dismissing that patient from their crown prep appointment without collecting that $500. So whether that, if you're a dental assistant, whether that means you learning how to run the credit card through or just chatting with the patient long enough until your front office person is available to collect that money. So I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that it just belongs at the front desk where it's an admin task only, uh, that the clinical team can't be involved at all. And, you know, another thing I see doctors getting wrong is not understanding what their accounts receivable is, you know, um, just kind of taking that important system or the, the most important piece of their practice, the accounts receivable and not w- looking at it and just trusting someone on the team to manage it and not looking at the adjustments and not looking at what their accounts receivable percentage is or their collection percentages. And I think that's another place where doctors kind of put their head in the sand is, you know, I have money in the bank. I have, I'm able to pay my mortgage. I'm able to pay my team. Uh, but your team is going to be start asking for raises. Your team wants to go on retreats to conferences. You know, your team wants to be bonused, you know, so, um, And then you might be one of those doctors that reaches out to me because they haven't got a paycheck. And, and that's when it's, you know, it's gotten too late is now when you can't pay yourself. 
And so doctors really need to be more involved with monitoring accounts receivable, understanding where the money is sitting. Is it insurance? Is it patient? How can I help? Um, I've had doctors like make calls to patients, <laughs> you know, because it's like, hey, you know, we did that crown for you a couple of months ago. Why aren't you, why aren't you paying? Why haven't you paid me? <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's a little bold. I, I don't see very many doctors doing that, but I think it's important that the doctor is involved with at least knowing what the AR is. Yeah, absolutely. So these are great tips, Dina. And, and again, I think what you said earlier, I mean, the more you do up front, the less you do later. So training your team, having a system, you know, getting people to pay up front. And let's face it, they do know they have to pay at some point. Nobody, unless you haven't trained them, you know. So if patients are coming into your office thinking, well, this is just like the medical model. I don't have to pay for anything. That's on you, number mm -hmm. one. And you have to change that. Number two is you got to teach people to pay. And then everything else after is kind of a countermeasure. You can actually do this. You can do it really you well. Can. Yeah. You can. And, um, you know, I'll tell you another funny story is, is a lot of hygiene procedures are even not covered by insurance. You know, I have, I have several teams now, several teams that do adult fluoride a lot. And, you know, I have a team up in Seattle and, and every, the doctor wanted every adult to have fluoride, you know, and it's like 35 bucks. And, you know, so every time the patient would sit in the chair, they would always ask, does my insurance cover that? And the hygienist would then message up to the front desk, does this patient's insurance cover fluoride? Please let me know so we can do it today. And I'm like, stop doing that. And so here's what I've put in place in a couple offices. And you can write this down because this is so good. Love it. Um, <clears throat> so I have, the, I teach the hygienist to say, you know, I don't know if your insurance will cover, cover this adult fluoride. What I do know is the most you'll have out of pocket today is $35. So we're going to bill your insurance. We're going to help you maximize the benefits that are entitled to you. But I have no idea if they're actually going to cover it. But what I do know is the most you'll have out of pocket today is $35. And then it's up to the patient, you know. And if the patient says no to a $35 fluoride, then it's back up to the hygienist to educate them about why it's important. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's been that's been a brilliant line that so many of my hygienists have taken have taken to heart you could use that on an fmx you could use that on um you know any other kinds of services that you do that maybe not might not be covered like velscope or any other kinds of procedures that aren't covered by insurance that are coming out of hygiene um, and teach the hygienist how to you know just say that one little line and it it works brilliantly yeah Awesome. Awesome. Dana, now I want you to tell people about your podcast and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening and want to learn more about you, but give us some final thoughts on AR being a team sport. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really feel that um, bringing the team together on, you asked me earlier about the why. Why is accounts receivable so important? And I think when the team understands that accounts receivable and getting the money in the bank affects them personally uh, with their asking for for a raise or wanting to get a bonus or wanting a new wanting new scrubs going to a conference any of those 
um, extra benefits that they want from their practice, all of that comes from collections and the profitability of the practice. So I think when the team understands how critical profitability is and how they personally can influence the collections in the practice, I think you can get everybody on board. Totally agree. Totally agree. Now, Dana, I'm going to have you back again and again. Tell us about your your rebranded podcast. If I've never heard your podcast, where do I go? How do I subscribe? Let's uh, let our listeners find where that is. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so Navoni.com, and that's N-O-V-O-N-E-E.com. And right on the, the top of the website, there's a free resources. Go to free resources and then go to my blog podcast. And that's where they can register for my podcast. It's uh, the High Performing Dental Team. And we talk all systems and software. Uh, and then I have guest speakers and industry experts and lots of systems and software that you will learn on my podcast. So I'm super excited. I love it. So you guys have to check it out. Now, if you're not taking notes, we're taking notes for you. Don't worry. This is how it works. So if you flip up to the notes in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google, whatever, wherever you're consuming this podcast, you're going to see all the notes that Dana and I discussed. There'll also be links straight there where you can click right on the links. You can learn more about what she does. You can follow her podcast, which I'm going to highly encourage you to do and uh, check it out. So Dana, thank you so much for being on. I really always enjoy having you on the show. And I always enjoy our conversations. Ditto, my friend. It's been great seeing you and I look forward to next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to the best practices show. Hey, if you enjoyed today, which I hope you did, just do us a favor, hit the share button. Keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. I love it. We're going to keep bringing it so that you guys have a better practice and a better life. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.